From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Always good. I always love that trick. Hour number two, the Big and Wild Outdoors. Spring Gun, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George, Diego, and Steve lurking in the halls. Uh, during the break, of course, before we ended hour number one, we uh, had him watch the video of the uh, gentleman rescuing the puppy from the jaws of certain death from the alligator. And uh, Bill George White. showed it to him. <laughs> And Steve had the same reaction that I did, and I think that millions of others have had. Hence the reason why the gentleman has since removed the uh, video. But It's what, out there. Once you put it up there and people grab a hold of it, it lives on in per- perpetuity. Just, just no matter remember what you, that. What you post on the see, Internet, regardless of you turn around and try and pull it down. It's there. They've well, got it. It's on there. What does Herm Edwards always say to all them NFL players? Think about it before you hit sin. Exactly. And uh, this gentleman, of course, after Steve looked at it, he went, no, nah. no, nah, that's that's fake. That's really, really fake. He, as I said, sitting here, and Bill knows the background of some of my family members in the alligator business and all that, and being with him, there's no way you're going to hold an alligator that size the way he was holding it. Not. And that alligator not beat the absolute brakes off the inside of your legs, hit you in the nuts. Oh, yeah. He would have I turned mean, his testes to jello if he would have been standing over it like and, that. And Especially if they're attacking. I mean, especially well, if well, the they're getting after this. something. He's got food in his mouth. Well, yeah. If you get an alligator really tired down, and they will tire down, and, it, and those smaller alligators take a lot longer to yeah. tire down than the big boy does, okay? He's kind. Of, you know, He's a teenager. Kind of like having some 13, 14 year old kid you're sure. you're wrestling with, versus you wrestling with him. There, even though you may pin him down and this and that, when you let him go, he comes back up and right back at you again. Oh yeah. He's not done. Yeah. Okay, you're done. Well, that alligator didn't have much life, and if if it would have been fighting for a long period of time, that might have been something. But if he was fighting for that long. The dog would not have been. It'd have been it, dead. It would have been dead. Yeah. Okay. So especially holding him underwater like and, that, and that's that's the thing where I could see that guy getting in trouble for submerging a dog and an alligator. Animal about, cruelty it, on both you know, ends, molesting an alligator, uh, which is well, an offense in itself. Well, you never see the tail of the alligator. It could have a legal tag in it. You can't make any determination <laughs> that's, like that. That's true. He could be at an alligator farm. He could be somewhere where it is absolutely legal and have no issue with the alligator, but he's going to come into more issues with the... Hold the puppy underwater. Hold the, hold the puppy under the water in order to do the... Uh, the video. Well, video. and it's like you said, with a smaller alligator, it's like everybody says about catching small hogs. You know, the big, nasty boar hogs and all that stuff, they're only going to fight for so long, and then they're going to tire out. They sit down on the but ground that and little, go. But uh, that little 80 to 100 pounders, 
you know, spinning Mighty Mouse with two daggers in his face that yeah. he's trying to spinning and cutting. Yeah. But the, the one that got me was uh, if he was that quick, because he's only about maybe seven, eight feet away from the bank of the pond or whatever it is that they're in. If he would have been that quick on the trigger to, you know, see the alligator, grab the puppy, and then, of course, immediately, you know, they back into the water. Uh, and they See, that's my other thing. Back that, in the to water. me, I don't see how you would have found the, the well, gator could, because he would have been far. gone. Well, that you have, okay, if it happened that quickly, you had time to set up your camera where there is no, there's no shaking, no nothing. It's mounted. It's, it's a camera that's not moving. So you had time to mount your camera, run out, catch the alligator submerged not more than six or seven feet away from the bank, reach down, grab it, pull it up, pry its jaw open enough to where you could get the dog out of its mouth, throw the dog up on the bank, and then sit there. And I don't know what it was he was doing uh, while he had the alligator on the bank. It looked like he was either trying to open its mouth or or, well, but or, no, or, or, it's trying to keep them open. And, it, it's what it was perceived to be. And then uh, all of a sudden, boop, you know, the, it ends. You know, you see the puppy go running off. I don't well, see any blood on it or anything. I don't see any real damage to the animal. And uh, then I went back and, like, kind of really looked at but it. It is, it is traumatically. Well, but know. then the other thing oh, I noticed, yeah. here's another thing I noticed watching it on Bill's iPad. The first thing you see him do, he's holding the. The puppy. Well, no, but he's holding it down. I mean, I would think the first, I mean, this is just me with having kids and stuff like that. The first thing that I would do once my hands grabbed the alligator would to be lift him up out of the water so that the puppy could breathe. I mean, like in that video, I'm like, you kind of like what you're saying is, is you sit there and he's under the water with his hands on the alligator. If you've got your hands on the the gator enough i mean you would figure he would be trying to get it up above the surface so the dog could breathe you know even if he didn't have the jaws open well this will be one of those ones that kind of like the shark video it'll start the way it is uh it'll be hashtag do whatever dnr uh wherever this gentleman may live and they'll investigate it and then Three weeks from now, we'll find out. Hey, that, Mr. Uh, Smith, we need no, to have a you, conversation. You won't find out anything. It'll be like everything else. It just kinda... it depends. Well, and it, it, I was just about to say something. Once it hits the local media and 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 Grandma well, heck, Moses it, and everybody else sees TMZ it already, and everybody sees. Well, that's young people. I'm talking about when you, when they get the old ladies mad and everybody else, and the liberals and the bear huggers and everybody else, they're going to be screaming bloody murder for this guy to be investigated and found. And then it'll be on the news, just like the shark draggers and everything else. Well, You'll get updates in court and uh, plea bargains and everything but else. Here, but here and again, and this is something that Bill's always said, you've said it and I've said it and everybody else has said it. Okay, w- what's going to happen? If the guy broke laws and did something stupid, obviously, that he shouldn't have done, is he going to be one of those people, like you've said in the past, oh, no. here's your $100 what? citation. Probably. Don't do it. Don't make another TikTok video, you know. It, let's look at it in all reality. If if that alligator was eating the dog, yeah, he he's going to be in no issues, no trouble yeah. whatsoever. Good on you. If, if the alligator was turned around and 
in an area where he like a, a licensed alligator farm or someplace where that alligator could be dispatched or had been killed during the legal season and yeah. had a tag in its tail. He could essentially go in there if he wants to jump in the water with the alligator. He can do it. That's not going to be against the law. But, you know, the 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 whole thing with the animal cruelty on the dog, he could he could be if he was just doing it as yeah. a stunt. He could end up with some issues like that. But if, if, let's say he even killed the alligator out of season. He could end up not being able to legally hunt an alligator for five years and end up with a bunch of fines. Or well, but like, like it's, it's, it's like you've said before. You get these people that get busted for stuff, and they're the, they usually end up with no jail time. Their fines are— Why do you think that is? Uh, but Why do you think that is? Partly because of the system, the way the system is set up. We got people out there who go out there. We have law enforcement officers busting their butt, yeah. making the cases, getting all the evidence, delivering good, clean packages to our prosecutors, and our prosecutors yeah, don't do squat. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Lana, trust me. You need to get different people in there. Yeah. I'll take the job. You'll take it. I'll be a commissioner. I'll be good. No, prosecutor. This uh, a prosecuting attorney. I could probably be good. I wouldn't know all the lingo, but yeah. I, sh- I sure know how to cuss. He'd in be the a hanging judge. Judge Roy Bean, just call me Bean. All right, we are uh, the Big and Wild Outdoors taking a break. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Be right back. Everybody, Big and Wild Outdoors. Happy Saturday morning. We're a few precious days away from uh, Thanksgiving, but I think we have a lot to be thankful for these days. If we're all still here, breathing and yeah. enjoying our our uh, each day that we have. So, uh, if you do that, then uh, be thankful for all that stuff. Uh, Bill George brought this to my attention while we were in the break. We wanted to have a good dog story. So uh, before we uh, get crazy on this thing he said have you seen these robot dogs that they're using out at Tyndall Air Force Base and I was like what? oh great we're going to the Terminator I was like what what <laughs> robot dogs are you talking I said are you talking about those ones that like can walk and jump and all stuff he goes dude you got to go look at these things and and obviously yeah, like uh, I said the robots are taking over there's uh there's uh I went and looked and it is the one that I have seen before and I don't know exactly what they're going to use it for. They use them for patrols. And they're using them for patrols and going into places that are not so desirable for people to have to go into. And one thing I had heard was they're going to use them in lieu of dogs in some places so that no, dogs can dogs be done. Stuff like that. that dogs can be used for more, you know, critical stuff. And wow. I'm like. Okay, you take a patrol dog. What's what's more critical that they're going to be doing without without you know the well they got to have a nose that can find a guy that's hidden in the bushes or whatever. Well, here you have IR. 
Yeah, but I don't think that uh, they can sniff out some dude that had just run through here uh, five hours ago. No, but maybe that's that's what they'll use the real dog for. But yeah, well, here's a guy who probably would uh, jump right on Could the tell old. Tell you some dog stuff. Would probably jump on the robot dog wagon because he doesn't have to feed him as much. <laughs> Mister Brooksy Hall, how are you, my friend? Doing good this morning, my friend. I've got Captain Lori here with me also. What? Well, well, what? Is, wait, when you two are together, that means that there's either <laughs> that means there's either love in the air or you guys are out fishing somewhere. Well, we're not out fishing, but we're calling to talk to you guys about our upcoming clay shoot. What? What? Wait, clay shoes? What? What are you talking about? Our Hope John Hope first annual clay shoot. Where are you going to do that at? Tampa Bay Sporting Clays uh, on Saturday, January 23rd. You're going to make Mike Mesra get up early in the morning and do that? Are you? No, he, he's so grouchy in the morning. <laughs> No, actually, he's not, and he's very excited about this. I know he is. No, Mike's a great guy, and he uh, does a lot of great stuff in charity work. Now, wait a minute. You said first annual? It's the, the, yes. The, so this is for Hooked on Hope, and since we were not able to do our fishing tournament or our golf tournament due yeah, to COVID, right. we decided that we were going to go ahead and try our luck at a clay shoot, and it's coming along great. It's presented by Stein Construction. They wrote a big check. A lot of people are signing up to register, but we need more sponsors. We need more shooters. We need volunteers. So I'd like for all your listeners to go to hookedonhope.org to check it out. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if for those of you who may be new to the area, uh, every year Lori would do her uh, big fishing tournament, and we would go out and broadcast from there. Of course, it was down at the Magnuson the last few years. We'd go down there, and uh, it was always a good time for us, that- but it was it's it's uh it's a heck day for Lori because she's um, running around and, like a and chicken and with her what? head cut off. I, listen, and I don't ever see her sit still. No, she's like in, <laughs> she, she. I think she's one of those weird women who can be like in twenty places at one time. <laughs> or she makes you think she can be. And uh, she she'd come over, plop down in the chair, talking to the microphone for five minutes, and the next thing you know, she's like three miles offshore. And the next thing you know, she's back over to make sure the t-shirts are folded correctly. I mean, it's, uh, so, but that, that's awesome. Well, I know it's, it's sad, and you guys have lost a lot of the uh, the money that you guys count on for Hooked on Hope. If people don't know what that is, explain exactly what you did to get this started and why you're doing it. Okay, great. So my sister Mary and I decided years ago that there was no funds being raised in our surrounding communities for breast cancer patients in need right now. Not for research, not for anything else, but for direct patient care now. So 13 years ago, we decided to start Hooked on Hope, and it's run by all volunteers. And we raised funds through a golf tournament, a fishing tournament, and now a clay shoot. And all the monies directly benefit breast cancer patients, whether they need a one-time cash grant for medications, post-operative necessities, Maybe they have to pay their car payment or doctor copay or medication. And also we purchase post-operative necessities like camisoles, um, anything like um, lymphedema sleeves, anything that the insurance companies do not pay for. And I think yeah. that we, we've talked about this on the air, but it's amazing how much stuff, you know, you think you got insurance, you think you got the duck, you got everything and everything's yeah. covered and that everything's done that. And, uh, the young ladies and the women that we spoke to that uh, have gone through this, 
it, it's bad when you find out that what you well, need is not covered by whatever well, you've been paying into for years. And without folks like you, and especially your hard work and the money that you have, they they have nowhere to go. You can't just go to the bank and say, "I need twenty grand for, for this or that or and, the other thing." And, and there also is a lot of people who are living paycheck to paycheck, and when you can't uh, work yeah, sure. for for a short period of time, and and that you're missing you're missing that income, and so you can't you can't make your pay house payment or your car payment. Yeah, you don't think about that. And with Lori and her group and Hooked on Hope is. Uh, it could be anything like that. It could be medication. It could be pay your mortgage so you don't lose your house or whatever your it is. Your car payment, anything. Yeah, I mean, nobody expects to get breast cancer or any type of cancer for that no. matter. Yes. No. So we're here to do what we can with the money that we raise for people to make their life a little bit easier. And we have just had such great support throughout our community. And, again, we're so proud to have Stein Construction. Uh, step up to the plate as our presenting sponsor for our first annual clay shoot and i'm um, looking forward to it and and i certainly hope that some of your listeners will either give me a ring at 813-967-5032 or check out hookedonhope.org and send us an email and, and let's get you registered well Lori, basically what's what's if somebody just want to put a team together you know usually it's a team of four what what's a team of four cost that's a $600. $600. That's mm -hmm. not bad. That's a good deal for no, a good day. That includes a great goodie bag, a shirt, lunch, beers afterwards, everything. Well, and of course, yeah, Mike always puts on a good feed up there, and uh, yes. it's a great place to go up there and hang out for sure. Now, exactly when is it going to happen? What's the day of the, the first annual clay shoot? Saturday, January 23rd. Saturday, January 23rd. I think we may have to go up there. I, I, heard, I think oh, yeah. I know some guys that are going to be there broadcasting. Yeah, I think I heard food. So I may have to <laughs> show up up there because if, if it's anything like the breakfast that they have on the Hooked on Hope fishing tournament, I'm, just color me there. I'm <laughs> breakfast. Good. Breakfast and lunch. What are you talking I'm about? I'm good. I'm all there. Yeah. So so what, what do you anticipate the timeline, you know, is it start super early and then end about lunchtime-ish? Eight to one. Eight to one. Not bad. Mm -hmm. that, that's your typical one. That doesn't really take your whole day, and that way you can go out yeah, there and have a lot of fun. Yeah, doesn't take up your whole day. Yeah, and you can go out and have fun. Now, uh, are you going to do it like, uh, uh, kind of like your fishing tournament, where you're going to hook up some ladies out there with some ringers, or are you going to just like throw everybody in a pile, or uh, well, how, how are you going to do that? I mean, if we come as a team, and you got four ringers, uh, are you going to put one in there with them, or? <laughs> Because I know how you captains are. I mean, I are know. You, how... Are you saying you need a ringer on your team? No, no, not no, me. That, not me. Lori, uh, Lori no. let me tell you, he is our ringer. No. He can turn around, sit there, say, pull, have, a, have a conversation <clears throat> with somebody, reach up and bang. Clay Pigeon goes in smithereens. Plus, plus, I can already tell you, we'll go off the air at 10 o'clock. We'll start shooting at probably 10.15, and we'll be done by 10.45. Somewhere around there. Yeah, we don't mess around. Jonathan is not our ringer. <laughs> I make no bones about that, dude. No, no but, uh, well, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I, I know this is going to be a good time, and uh, you guys, guys go out and have a great day today. This is going to be a beautiful Saturday, but... Don't be. Don't let this be the last time you call and remind us of this, and let our listeners know. I'm going to go ahead and share. Yes. I'm going to share a link 
uh, straight onto the page from on Hooked on Hope for the Sporting Clays, right onto our Facebook page. So if anybody needs any more information about becoming a sponsor or getting a team or any of that other stuff, it'll be right there. And what type of sponsor? Thank you so much, you guys, for everything you do for Hooked on Hope. We love you. Hey, yeah, what type of too. sponsor stuff do you, uh, you got like a little whole sponsor or, or station sponsor all the way to yes, your big yes. stuff? What we have, if, we have station sponsors that that are $200, and then we have sponsorship levels that go all the way up to 5000 There you go. It's all good, Bill George. Yeah. No, right I don't. Yes. Thank you, guys. Uh, okay. Well, you and that, that boyfriend of yours you, have a good time. Keep, keep Brooksy out of trouble. I know that's a full-time job. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full-time job. That is true. Thank the good Lord he found you. That's all I can yes. say. Oh, yeah. I thank God every day. Trust me. Yeah, well, you two make quite a pee and a pear and a pod and everything else that's so attached to that. So, <laughs> Well, you guys go have a great weekend. We love you. All right, love you too. Bye. Uh, all right, bye, bye. Lori, uh, Lori and Brooksy Hall, of course, uh, together again, the dynamic duo of Tampa Bay these days. Seriously, the only two captains I know that when they pass each other out on the water, they actually, like, blow kisses at no, each no, other. But when they're I not bet, together. Listen, two, not together. two captains, do you think they both still have secret spots each don't of know Of course about? they do. No. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? I will say that Brooksy would give up his, but Lori... Ain't no way she's giving up hers. <laughs> Ain't no Brad way. Shaw. <laughs> you find them on your own, boy. What's the blindfold for? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Obviously, don't go see Brooksy today. He's not hanging out with Lori, but they're there. They will help you find the car or truck of your dreams, so go by and see him today. We'll be back. Well, 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 it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brendan Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George, and Diego, <clears throat> Steve Austin. Occasionally, he's in here uh, groundhogging, prairie dogging, popping <clears throat> his head in the door every five or ten minutes or so. Just getting ready on. for that 80s thing with the song we were just playing. Check, yeah, checking on everything and seeing what's going on. If, uh, if you missed the uh, last segment, we were talking with Lori Hall there for a little bit about her event that's going to be coming up here pretty soon. If you want more information about it, I put it up on our Facebook page. It, uh, there's a link right to it so that it goes right to the page. If, for a If you were note. confused, it used to be the last name used to be Deaton. That is right, Lori Deaton, the Captain Lori Deaton. And, uh, of course, uh, her and uh, Brooksy uh, made it legal, so she now has the, uh, the last name of Hall. But uh, still has not diminished her fishing skills whatsoever. I follow her on Facebook, and uh, the girl goes out and catches a ton of fish one of those and people spe- that can catch a 40 inch snook in the walmart parking lot pole. pretty much and uh lately these days between her captain pollock and captain little and everybody else that i follow 
If you're not out red fishing, there are some monsters that are being pulled in there. I mean, 42, 43 inches. I mean, some big hogs that are out there. They're catching them every single weekend, every single day that uh, he's, he's they're out there doing their thing. There's there's plenty of fishing going on since there's no plenty. one gets to keep nothing. Yes, there's and we know snook are all in you know, but that's why we 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 had a closure on snook for a very long time. But uh, George's uh, son, being a commercial fisherman, went out. He's catching mullet in one cast net throw. Accidentally, he got some snook in it. How many think? Snook, do you think he got in a in a cast net throw mixed in time? with the mullet? Yeah, because they're how, uh, how busting ma- them up. How, how many? I'm going to say twenty. No, half that. Ten. Ten in one cast net throw. Now, ten of what size were they? Do you think? Did he tell you what they're how not, big the snook not, were? They were not large, large. Snook. Twenty, twenty-two inches, twenty-six, no. sixteen, straight twelve. Mullet. Straight mullet. Yeah, <laughs> single straight mullet. <laughs> Hybrids. <laughs> Well, I know that my brother went down but, to, uh, towards Coffee Pot this past week and was doing a little, I uh, was going to do a little fishing, took the kids down, let them go play down at the park, and uh, the tide was so low that uh, not much fishing was done. But he said, Brayden, you should have seen the, the, the schools of mullet that were out there. They were huge schools of mullet. And obviously, there were some snook that were out there hanging the edges. They weren't dolphins because nothing came up to breathe, but they were busting on the whole time, man. And so, Where was this at? down by coffee pot coffee pot bayou in st pete and uh so you look and so you got all these big old snook and these big old reds that are sitting out there doing nothing but munching and eating and fattening up and getting huge and big there's gonna be some big snook taken out of the bay here coming up here pretty soon yeah but you whether still you keep them or not you can't keep them no you uh, you can't keep them but uh, uh a guy with a, a secret spot where he's Correct. got he's got lots of snook uh, hanging around Mr. Tom Freeze on the phone. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Good morning, sir. How y'all doing? Well, welcome back from the great state of Missouri. Yes, yes. Uh, glad to be back. That was a that was a long ten days. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was hell. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I, sure I, sitting I, out was, in the woods out there, deer hunting I every day. We, just, we didn't get any pictures. What happened? Just, just horrible. Well, uh, well uh, I, I, I hunt actually hunted eight days, fourteen sits. I saw a total of 157 deer. A mix, that's a mix of does, button bucks, young, immatures. Uh, I saw you know a bunch of nice three-year-old eight points, but I, I didn't see my deer, the one, the one, uh, the couple that I were hunting. So I, uh, I did stock up the uh, the refrigerator with venison. I got two two does with my bow and two does with my rifle. I, I'm holding on to my uh, my buck tags for late season archery and alternative weapon season. So now, I'll head whoa, back whoa. out and do a, do another round. Late season archery and alternative weapon. What what is an alternative weapon? In Missouri, it, you actually uh, you can, you know pist- you know pistols, muzzle loaders, uh, uh, Ford trucks. You can actually use and and I'm gonna I'm not gonna pronounce it right. The atla, you know the, the spear. Yeah, atlatl. Atlatl, yes, yeah. the atlatl. Um, uh, you know, basically anything but a but a but a center fire rifle is is allowed during that uh, alternative weapon season, and then they also have you know their late season archery. So I still have a buck tag for both the archery, and nice. the, and I did not use my firearms tag. And in Missouri, you're allowed two two antler deer total per year. 
so those are actually any deer tag. So if I yeah. choose not to, if I don't get a buck that, uh, that I want to harvest, I'll take two additional does with those tags to help out with my uh, my doe management on my place. Any deer. Do you remember in Florida we used to actually have that same type of uh, season? It was called primitive weapon season. Exactly. We used to have go. it here same where you thing. could. Where you, could go out, where you could go out and uh, jump out of a tree with a uh, sledgehammer and, you know, do it. Drop any, a rock on yeah, them. Do it any way you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> at wrist rocket, you know, blow gun, you know, whatever it takes, you can do it. Uh, I, one, of the, one of the more interesting things when we were out there in Missouri is that when we, you know, we only went into town a couple of times, but uh, we didn't have to put a mask on to walk the six feet into the restaurant to sit down at the table to take it off. I did, we didn't have to put masks on to walk into the Walmart. Uh, they they, they kind of have a little bit different attitude towards this whole coronavirus than uh, than we do down here in Florida, where you know, you know, good lord, if you if you try to go into a, into a business without a mask, you know, they're going to run you out with pitchforks and and torches. Well, sure. it, it really is amazing because you would think science is science across the board, but some people are in the total lockdown mode. Uh, you you get states like California. What they don't want you to have more than twenty five people at Thanksgiving or something like that. Good luck. But yeah. <laughs> but if you're coming or leaving, you can put a couple hundred people on an airplane and sit eighteen inches apart. You know. Sure. But for seven eh, hours, dinner with the family, and yeah. eh, can't have it. <laughs> it. It was nice. It was nice not to to, to wear a mask all week and just. <laughs> Come home, you know. Get on, get go into the airport. To, to uh, the only place that you had to wear a mask was when you walked into the airport, either coming or going. Yeah. Well, you know that would because uh, people are traveling from different parts of the country and world and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, I yeah. understand. Yeah, but it, yeah. it was just, it was just, it's just interesting when if you do get to travel to different parts of the country to see how folks are are handling the whole situation. And it was, it was nice to be in the woods uh, where you know I didn't have to to worry about it and have people aggravating me and. and uh, and when you're out there, you put a face mask on. It's because it's cold out, and you're just trying well, to get. That's right. That's right. That, 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 that's I'm right. trying to keep. I'm trying to keep all those damn does from spotting me when I'm up in the tree. Well, now, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me ask you: Are you? Uh, I, I assume that you're getting the deer processed while you're out there. Uh, well, no, uh, we did something. Uh, we did something completely different this year. We actually uh, invested in. Uh, we, you know, all the equipment to process our own. You know, we have a we have a, a hanging free uh, refrigerating room out there we use a cool bot with a uh with a window ac unit which the, the cool bot reprograms it into a end up into a much uh, uh lower temperature than your standard wall banger you know ac and we have an insulated room that we hang the deer in and we processed everything out all the way down to you know steaks ground our own burger and uh made our own jerky so i actually a, a buddy that was hunting with me drove out to missouri whereas i flew so uh, we loaded all the coolers of finished product, you know, processed venison, and he drove he drove it home. And uh, when I landed near, at the airport last night, I just simply drove over to his house. He lives 20 minutes from the airport. Picked up my rifle, my bow, and my 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 uh, hunting bag, and uh, loaded the coolers uh, with uh, all the venison into it, and drove straight home. Well, so I've got awesome. everything from this hunting trip in the in the freezer as we speak. <laughs> If you, I, I think a lot of people miss out on it. Bill George doesn't. Of course, Jonathan never does. But uh, I think one of the most satisfying hunts I ever went on was when uh, you could take your game. I know that when we used to hunt the Hyatt Ranch, Steve and I used to leave two does hanging for a week. And when we got there, we'd hang the two new does that we had just shot. But then we would take the time because they had a breakdown room 
in a room where you could process oh, no. deer process and do it stuff. right and do it right there. And it was so satisfying to go leave two and 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 come home with two it and was, have it all it the way done. It was really fun. I had I have I you enjoyed know, I, it. I had fun doing I, it. I, I, this is the first time we've ever done it. You know, start to finish, and it, it's, we'll be doing it every every time. Now we're actually. Uh, uh, we we drew up plans for a new uh, processing uh, building uh, that uh, as soon as deer season's over, uh, we're going to start uh, constructing out there uh, to make it even easier because we were kind of you know being, you know you, you learn you learn a lot your first time out about what you, with the equipment you need and everything. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna- well, turn around. Also, take a look at Conyager Spice Company. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're doing anything like uh, stuffed sausages, summer sausages. I know That's- here they've started to carry some of it, a limited amount, in Rural King. Is the last well, we're going to start. We're going to start that, and then thank you for the recommendation because we were going to start researching summer sausage and snack sticks so that. Next year, uh, we'll be prepared to take it, you know, to the next level. Moker. I'll, and all that. I'll get some information to Brady and get you to you. We do a hey, lot well, of it. everybody be safe out there. Enjoy it. And uh, you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. All, all right, Tommy. Right. See you. Bye. See you, Tom. All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by our good friends over at uh, Brandon Ford. Stay right there because you know what's happening. We're coming back. Van Halen and the crew. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden, Jonathan, Bill George, Diego, and occasionally Steve it, Austin. It is always Van fun. Halen, not Van Hagar. Yeah. It, it's always fun to watch you because, you know, Jonathan and I would jump in anywhere. You, you're waiting for the right time to jump in on the song. It's like, it's, it's the it's, old DJ it's comes radio, back. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta hit the post. You old, ha- old habits die hard. Go yeah, ahead and say yeah. it. Gotta hit the post. You gotta know when to shut up and let the music play, and uh, all that stuff. I always, you can always. Well, tell you rookies. never got that part done. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. There are there are some people who are, are geniuses. Bam. At it. Steve Austin's one of them. Steve Austin automatically has that clock in his head and knows how long that intro is, or uh, that 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 beginning of the music intro. Uh, Hank Dale uh, used to be on QYK. He was the master at it. He knew, uh, I mean, literally at 10 seconds, he knew exactly when it goes. So stop it and make sure you see us today at WQYK 99. Dang. And the music would just hit the post every single time. It was awesome. Hey, congratulations, Bill George, to you and your kind. I know that you are no longer one of the legal residents, uh, as they would say. But finally, uh, was it last Sunday was the first Sunday in Pennsylvania where people were allowed to hunt in 338 years? 
Is no, that what it is? Not, that's not true. It that's is not true. true. It is not true. For big game hunting. Oh, now, see, now you clarify for big game. Big game hunting is uh, the first time in 338 years. We could hunt years. crows. We used to be able to hunt And foxes crows. and small game yeah. and things like that. But no, you which, couldn't, no, you couldn't hunt a rabbit on there. But you could Which hunt. makes no sense to me. If you could go out there and shoot crows and squirrels, why wouldn't they let you shoot a deer? Wait, 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 wait. It doesn't have to make sense. It is what it is. They consider rabbits big game? No. No, no, no. no. He said you can, you know, you can rabbits do small. You can do small game uh, during Sundays, but not uh, sm- certain small games can be hunted, but no no big game. You could Bear, you could, deer. You could hunt um, coyotes and, like, crows on Sundays. But you could you could hunt crows on Saturdays and Sundays, but not on Mondays and Tuesdays. And it, it, <laughs> hey, listen, it's, it's you crazy. need to so know this all the is rules. where the gray area came. <laughs> no, from. It, there's no gray. There's no gray in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania game warden will lock you up and fine you, and their game laws are harsh. Their their game. So this is where no, Bill no, no. got his attitude towards the FWC guys. Is like, you guys ain't got squat on the people yeah, that used to deal no, with. They, they will take you to you, you. You pay the fine, or you're doing the time. <laughs> Go to know? jail. You boys no. ain't squat. Well, Sunday the uh, the fifteenth of November was the uh, first ever uh, big game hunt allowed on a Sunday in 338 years. It was archery for deer hunting only. Uh, Sunday hunting is also allowed this coming Sunday, November twenty second. For uh, bear hunting and deer hunting, uh, firearms hunting will be allowed on November 29th. Correct. So they are allowing, at least for the Sundays of November, well, to be I, uh, for I to will be say I've been hunting Pennsylvania since I've been 15 years old, okay? And that that's 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 a long time. You could set their, their, their seasons were as hard and cut in stone as you could get. Deer season always started the first Monday after Thanksgiving. Boom. Last year, they opened it up for the first time on the Saturday. And then you had no, you had Saturday hunt and no hunt on Sunday. And then, so, you know, you, you had a day where everybody was in the woods and then a day where everything was kind of quiet. And that kind of really disrupted camp life more. than. And I had more people complaining about being given an extra day, it's like if you don't want to hunt it, don't hunt it. You know, but <laughs> you, you ain't got to be you, here. You're boy. not being forced to change your ways. And now with the Sunday hunt, so now we're going to get to hunt Saturday and Sunday, which typically camp life for us is Sunday. There's a there's a Sunday meal where we have a lot of the people in camp have a big Sunday meal, and then um, you know. Then traditionally, I went from being in the the town to the rural camp the, in the middle of the national forest for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, last year we stayed true. We didn't go there on the Saturday. We stayed true and went there the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But this year we're going to do exactly what we normally do. We're going to hunt Saturday. We'll hunt Saturday Sunday morning. We're going to do our Sunday afternoon family camp thing, and we're, that's just what it is. You try and keep traditions, and well, no, that's that, the big. There you go. That's the biggest thing about it is it's the tradition of getting. Well, it was the law. Together. I mean, was it leftovers? One part of the blue laws up there. Uh, I know for Sunday I, hunting, I like it was in the south. I know that there's still a lot of people when I would go out to Missouri who would not hunt on on Sundays. 
Uh, they would hunt Saturday, and they I, would hunt Monday, I'm Tuesday, but Sundays they would not hunt. And I'm open for you to turn around and have whatever choice you want to make. If you don't want to hunt on a Sunday, that's fine. But where I where I have the issue, is, and that's one of the reasons why I fought for all-day turkey hunting, is is to be able to get more people out like our youth and everything else. If you can't get them out there in the morning on a Saturday because they have a football game, you know, let, let's hunt Sunday you know, or, or something else or, or in the evening. And it's just about getting more people, more opportunity without overstressing what we have. And I think some people were worried that more and more land might get posted because farmers who are, are you know, let's, let's face it, are, are tend to be more religious than somebody in, in some other parts of the, the country. Um, you know, they were worried that maybe they'd shut down their land or make it unavailable because of the fact that they didn't want to be disturbed on Sunday. Right. Which so, I, can, I can understand that as well. Which, but, but I will say this. The other encouraging thing is, is uh, not like a lot of other states, I will say that uh, I know that the people out in Missouri were always generous with their deer. But Pennsylvania, I don't know if it's because of the abundance of it, but uh, they actually have about 850,000 licensed hunters and almost half of those people will donate uh, for sharing the harvest. Nonprofit organization they have up there that distributes a venison and wild game to feed the hungry. And this year they said, "Oh wow, another thing that the hunters step up and take care of people." They're encouraging even more to donate this year because of so many people that have been affected by uh, COVID and not being able to have the ability to go out and and uh, maybe get a bunch of meat in the freezer and that kind of stuff. But that that's incredible to think that. Probably the same amount of deer that are killed every year in the state of Florida is donated almost every year in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, Florida, Just, Florida. Well, that's that's based upon the numbers that we know about in Florida. When I when I turned around, this is what amazed me when I looked at Pennsylvania versus Florida. Is when I looked at one point, long long time ago in the eighties, there was more deer killed on the road reported road kills in Pennsylvania than they estimated to be living in the state of Florida. That is true. Okay. I remember those numbers. <laughs> it, it was like But those know. were also the days too where uh, uh you could go literally walk for about uh 2 or 3 hours in Gulf Hammock or Tide Swamp or Upper Hillsboro or Citrus and not see another human being. There weren't that many hunters that were that were there actually hunting. You know, I mean, and you would go camp out in the uh, campsites that were on the management area or just outside the management area, and it may be you and maybe four or five other people. There was like nobody there. I mean, it was it was crazy. Uh, I, I knew guys that would go up to hunting camps uh, that would basically go up go up for small game. They would stay in the campground just to camp <clears throat> and walk outside the campground and just just hunt outside the campground. They'd go squirrel hunt, do small game, do everything around the campground, and hardly ever even go in and go go look for deer or hogs or anything. It just there there wasn't the abundance of it. I, I just don't Did, I think there are more deer now than there were then, seriously. Even though we've encroached I don't know if it's because we've pushed them more up there on that land or that there's been better management about it, or maybe there's not as many people that uh that poach like they used to, you know, that uh uh, you'd hear them running up and down the roads at night uh, out there, uh, you know, and you'd hear a couple of shots. 
that was pretty wild out there in those areas back then, but uh, you don't hear that as much anymore. And I don't know. I, the enforcement was there. That was the old days where you had a guy stationed at every dang management area. You know, you had to check in and check out. They'd check your cooler. They'd check your vehicle. You know, they'd check everything on there. That was, I was, uh, listen, they just don't I, do I, that anymore. I miss the days of there being a dog checking your wheel wells during turkey season and everything else. <laughs> you know, we, we just – there was a period of time here where – when the FWC was formed, you know, we had the Game and Fish and we had the Marine Patrol. When they kind of joined, I, I think a lot more got focused on the Marine side for a good long time than on the land side. And a lot of our enforcement, a lot of our oversight got kind of shifted, I, I mean, to to the water. And, I, and granted, there's more people out there. There's more stuff going on, but it. it I felt like our nat, you know, land resources got neglected. With the current commander that's up there over over the law enforcement side, I think a lot more focus has come back to the land side, and I I really like that. They're, you know, I'm seeing more. I'm I'm I know they're doing more here and there. So, well, I I understand if you have a choice of going and looking at some guy who who may be out there in a geely suit trying to poach a deer versus, you know, checking a boater for DUI with a boat full of ladies in bikinis. I can understand which one you might want to check, but, you know. (laughs) Which gig would you rather have? Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Just ask yourself that. Get out there, feed the mosquitoes, got ticks and chiggers, or, uh, oh, you know. Chiggers. How many chiggers does that law enforcement officer have hiding in the bushes waiting on you to come with a pile yeah, of That's corn? right. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. It is a big and wild outdoors. You're always invited to call. Hour number three is coming up. 888 404 It's 888-404-1010. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. Hour three is right around the corner. <laughs> 